Hey, K-pop cast listeners, this is another K-pop chat episode, which means the quality isn't as great because we're recording it via mobile on Twitter spaces. Also, I say the word um a million times. Anyway, that aside, it's a great conversation. Also, thanks to Nat from Not Your Average Netizens and Sarah Raleigh for being the impetus for this fantastic discussion. And with that, here we go. Um... So I, I've got some background, but I, I don't know. Before I dive in, now I, I know you had hella thoughts on this. Is there anything that you wanted to say first before we dive deeper into this topic? No, I think that um, the best conversation is an organic conversation. So things will come up as we all put our thoughts in. So I really okay. love her thread, though. Yeah, yeah. Oh shoot, let me let me see if I can find it because we can pin it. Me, um, mine. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, I really liked it. Like, I, I did respond to it then, but I, I really liked it. Thank you. Yeah, let, let me see if I can find it so I can pin it. So as I'm trying to do right now, um, if you got something to say and you don't want to say it via voice, you can tweet your thoughts along using the hashtag K-pop chat. Um, and because I'm sure we're going to have a very healthy, productive conversation where no fandom doxes any particular speaker for not presenting their bias in a immaculate uh, spotlight, um, <laughs> uh, we, we're going to only engage with the productive um, tweets and conversation threads. So just a heads up that if, if you're going off topic, um, we're just going to ignore you. And I encourage other speakers to do the same um all right uh it's gonna take me a minute to find that tweet but maybe right before i do that um let me provide a little bit of background so the grammys the grammy award originally called the gramophone award is an award presented by the recording academy to recognize quote-unquote outstanding achievement in the music industry of the united states so True to its name, the award trophy depicts a golden, gilded gramophone and is seen by many as the ultimate achievement in musical artistic merit or success. For K-pop fans who believe their bias is an immaculate Jesus, the award can act as a point of artistic merit or recognition. In a 2021 interview with the Korea Herald, uh, BTS member Suga remarked that he hoped that the group will win a Grammy before the end of their career. Um, and I think, you know, that all being said, it can be argued that BTS have made music awards relevant again, um, following an ongoing trend of declining ratings and interest in music award shows. Um, but with last night's pass for awarding BTS an award, uh, what science does this signal for K-pop fans? What the heck actually matters? And what do you think we should interpret? And how do you think we should interpret last night's news. So um, again, let's let's be polite. Let's try to avoid judgment. Uh, come at this with a point of productive disagreement and understanding um, for what I'm sure will be a healthy discussion. Um, so I'll let each of the speakers currently on stage allow them to introduce themselves and maybe um, why this topic matters to them. So um, going in the order as people appear on my screen, that means that, Carrie, you're up first. Um, okay, so I guess the first thing we're talking about is what being relevant means in regards to the Grammys. And first and first, I, I, I have, I will say this all right off the bat. I have a problem with people equating relevancy and the Grammys to K-pop. Because for me, the Grammys, when it comes to relevancy, has been sliding downhill for probably the last 10 years. And a lot of that has to do with how a, a lot of not only Black fans, but fans of um, and people in the Latin American community and people of global music have been seeing and noticing and speaking about the Grammys not show, not categorizing music the correct way, for one thing. And like, like for instance, it was said last night, Jean-Baptiste is the first Black man in 14 years to win Best Album. And that's kind of absurd. And when, so when you talk about relevancy, I think it's kind of weird that we equate it with only becoming relevant again because of K-pop. When 
that's only because of one group. Because if you're going to talk about K-pop, you should you sh- you should talk about how generalized of how other groups aren't even vying for Grammy contention. Because the thing you need to when you're talking about Grammys, you have to realize that people are nominated when they submit, right? So groups aren't not, groups aren't being nominated not because they're not good enough. But because they're not even submitting, and that's because they're not even bothering about the Grammys at the moment, right? They're like, we have our market in Asia, not just South Korea, but all across Asia, that they're looking at. They're not ignoring their own market. So to say that the Grammys only became relevant because of BTS is, I think, the incorrect thing to say. Um, Yeah. We're gonna get out. We're gonna get into the rest of the whole this the whole discussion about if the Grammys need BTS. But I'll say straight off the bat again: No, the Grammys do not need BTS. The Grammys do not need K-pop. K-pop does not need the Grammys, right? All of those dozens and upon dozens of K-pop groups do not need Grammys because they're not they don't need Grammy the Grammys to validate them as performers. They have an entire market across across East Southeast East Asia. You know, across Latin America, across the entire globe, they have they have their fandoms. They have awards like the Mamas, the um, the Inkigayos, the Day Sangs, and like other awards to to tell them this is our music is good enough. Um, yeah, that's where I'll, I'll stop for now. But yeah, I just think we need to stop saying that the Grammys are becoming relevant because of K-pop, because then you're ignoring all the other American and all the other global artists. Who submit their who who submit their music and who are awarded their music without K-pop even being involved in the discussion at all? Yeah, thanks for that, Carrie. Great point. I wonder if there's the actual a term for for that view that um, uh, prioritizing like one's own. <laughs> uh, I guess like, ethnocentric, or do you want like yeah like, maybe. Yeah, possibly either one of those. I'm not sure, but yeah, great point. I think obviously, um, I I uh, come at this originally thinking from a K-pop context, but certainly not the only and end all be all uh, perspective. So, um, okay, up next we've got Sarah. Um, if you'd like to introduce yourself, or Sarah Raleigh, if you'd like to introduce yourself and why this talk matters to you. Oh, I was caught off guard. Uh, hi, everybody. Uh, my name is Sarah Raleigh author of The Bones of Ruin, a YA novel, and uh, an academic and writer. I have words in uh, Teen Vogue, NBC, CBC, and multiple uh, publications. And I've written on K-pop before, studied it, and, and things like that. Um, I think that it's a fascinating topic just because I'm always kind of looking to where K-pop is going to go next as an industry, like I've been following it since, you know, for, I think almost, almost two decades now, um, like ba- basically since I was a kid, um, so I was a wee little baby, but um, I have just been so fascinated to see its evolution, just to see, you know, where just it's, it's gone, even even when you study the history of it and you kind of see like how it's shaped up in the 90s. And I know that even though the Grammys, you know, I agree with Carolyn that, you know, the Grammys don't really need K-pop. K-pop doesn't really need the Grammys and so on and so forth. But it's so interesting to see what people in Korea might think. And this is kind of where I wish that we had, you know, like a Korean academic or somebody like from that viewpoint to speak in the space unfortunately we don't but historically and even now you know gaining american validation american um success breaking into the american industry specifically not the canadian (laughs) you know like not no one out here wants to juno but um getting a grammy and having that sort of billboard American success has been something that, you know, a lot of Koreans have seemingly put on a pedestal as like, um, you know, a, this big indicator of global success. I mean, look how everybody reacted when Psy got number two on the billboard Hot 100. It's like they forgot 
or at least they chose to not care about a lot of their a lot of his past um a lot of his past what what is the word I'm looking for scandals achievements oh you mean scandals sorry oh sc- scandals scandals because Sai Sai actually had a few scandals before then before 2012 and then suddenly when Sai you know got number two and Gangnam Style went viral it was like he reached this apex like a whole nother level in terms of how he was being treated in Korea. Even BTS, once they broke into the Billboard 200 and they got their number ones in 2018, they were being given awards, like presidential awards. So it's just really interesting, I think, how perhaps the state of South Korea and maybe regular people sort of see that kind of American validation. And... You know, I think all of this has to be taken into consideration moving forward because I definitely think with regards to the Grammys, we're going to see more groups, more companies really try to to reach for that kind of validation. Whether they need it or not, you know, that's a conversation. But whether they think and feel they need it or not, that's something different entirely. Yeah, great points. Okay. Um, up next, we've got Nat um, from Not Your Average Netizens. Hello, everyone. Uh, I am Nat from, what, uh, sorry, Not Your Average Netizens and Soju Chronicles. And I s- speak too much on the internet, basically. Uh, so in terms of the Grammys, um, I come from it, at it from two different perspectives. One in that the Grammys have been on the decline just quality wise uh there's rot in the grammys and it's slowly been building to this point where we don't trust it we don't validate it because it's not worthy of our trust it's not worthy of our validation there's no integrity at the grammys but i'm still like that kid who was born in the 80s who watched mj and whitney and you know luther and all these people on the grammy stage who remembers when the Grammys, like, it was such an honor. It was like the highest form of honor. And it only, only the best artists got Grammys. And I think that a lot of what people internationally view when, or, or believe when it comes to the Grammys, I think that they are probably harking back to the good old days of the MJs, of the Whitney's, of you know, Lauren Hill and things like that. So I think that from the international perspective, as Sarah was mentioning, you know, there is a lot of, I don't know, like it, it is the highest form of achievement to get a Grammy for a lot of people. <laughs> and so I can see why K-pop, which is based on accomplishments, sales figures, revenue, would want to have that golden statue like if if you're i mean these fandoms are always like oh my my group sold this much in you know however long my group is a million seller my group had this many views this many likes like k-pop has become such a numerical i don't know like like this big competition based on metrics and numbers and so i feel like collecting these things like billboard awards american music awards you know grammys i think those are always going to matter in that sense because it's just another another thing that makes your group better than another group and so I definitely think in that ways the Grammys will definitely continue to be something that k-pop idols and Koreans sort of reach for I mean even B.I. is that like he's the first Korean artist to perform at the Grammys global spin so like there are other Korean artists that are reaching for those same heights that BTS, you know, almost got to taste in some ways. So, yeah, I don't know. I feel like K-pop in that sense kind of needs the Grammys. <laughs> Does the Grammys need K-pop? Not really. With BTS, all they've gotten is hashtags and two of the worst ratings in Grammys history. So maybe maybe they might think like it's not really worth it for us and they'll try to fix what's wrong at home and they don't need k-pop for that 
So that's sort of like my quick or not so quick thoughts on that. Fantastic. All right. So Carrie, I, I think you've got something to say and then I'll hand it over to Sayed. Um, yeah, something I want to say that Sarah touched on and that's it, it would be so great if we had someone who lives in Korea being part of the discussion and talking about how music is there because something that I think a lot of and I've mentioned this before in this space and online is that I want a lot of Western audiences, particularly a lot of Western K audiences who do who are not familiar with Korean society and Korean as Korean culture don't understand how K-pop itself is still considered a niche music genre. They're one. And with regards to talking about the Grammys and seeking um, American or seeking the Grammys as not only not because necessarily they're even considering themselves the best musicians worthy of obtaining the Grammys. And we'll get into that later because the fact that certain that the group didn't even con um, submit themselves for, for, for specific categories tells you they themselves are aware of where they would fit in and where they do not fit in. But talking about whether or not they need the Grammys, and I and as I said for it, they don't, and the Grammys don't need them. But they go after the Grammys because it is, as Nas is Nyan said, an award for them to achieve. It's a, it's a medal for them to get. You know, it's it's like how any athlete around the world strives for the um for the Olympics because they want the gold at the Olympics. You know, that's what it is. It's it's not about saying, oh my gosh, I'm at our group is as good as the Backstreet Boys and NSYNC was back in the early 2000s. You know, our singers are as good as Mike, as MJ and Janet, as everybody back in the day, and as good as Beyonce and Adele. No, it's not about that. It's not about musicality. It's not about performance. Um, it's about the numbers. You know, it's about saying, oh, we, we, we take this off of our list. And that's something that we need to consider. What are the objectives? Because uh, coming from myself as a film critic and observing how film criticism works and how the... Um, film and tv award system works in north america in particular people are people american exceptionalism has said you must get this american award to be considered worthy you are not you are not good enough until you have achieved this american award even if that's a goddamn outright light right and it's the same thing we're seeing the same thing i'm not going to talk about film but i'm just showing the comparison how it's happening with korean actors now where Americans are saying that our Korean actors are not a real actors unless they obtain an Oscar, unless they obtain an Emmy, unless they obtain a SAG award, you know? You are, not, oh my God, like you are now an actor that you have achieved American recognition. And that's something that we are, that needs to be discussed in K-pop family where we need to say, these people do not need American recognition, um, a North American validation and recognition to be considered worthy of being of 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 having fans their music is what makes them worthy of us listening to them it has nothing to do whether or not they achieve a grammy you know or whether or not they achieve whatever i don't know grammy says i think is it right because the only other thing that is bt music awards at bet um insane ish but that's a whole other discussion yeah and a quick acknowledgement here that uh i wasn't able to get a uh speaker currently in Korea for this conversation. So an acknowledgement that this is an incomplete uh, convo. And I just want to acknowledge that. Um, all right, so I'll, let's hand it over to Syed. Hello. Um, sorry for my voice. I'm in my last hour of fasting. So I'm like very tired. But um, I think uh, what Sarah said and what Carolyn said and a little bit of what Nat said as well, um, I think it's about like this exclusive club that Grammy is and all of these awards are, you know, like they're voted by the members and stuff like that. Like, I don't, I think when you put something like that, it becomes a matter of like, oh, I want to get into that exclusive club. I want to be part of that exclusive society or whatever, you know, um, like for example, Golden Globes Awards, it's uh, awarded by the, Hollywood Foreign Press and that has only 104 members and to think about like they are critiquing movies from across the globe and so many countries and only 104 people are actually judging who should be worthy of getting this award that just makes it you know it's it's weird to think about it but because of that exclusive um 
sort of this membership idea, people want to get into it. You know, the Grammy Awards, they are they have like 1,200 members this year or last year. And that's like a very small group of people if you think about the amount of music that is out there in the world. And um, especially beyond the U.S., you know, beyond um, on the global stage. So I think there's a little bit of that getting that acknowledgement from this exclusive group of people i mean we get, we see that in k-pop fandoms in like very on a very small scale as well you know like you see a media outlet tweet about a certain group and they're like oh my god wendy's tweeted about my group or mcdonald's tweeted about my group you know and this is like very small scale but it's like that acknowledgement and that validation is like for some reason very important in k-pop um I I really liked somebody's comment here that uh, in using the hashtag um how they were talking about like um and we were talking about numbers right like K-pop has become such a big numbers game even for Grammys the 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 show itself it's a numbers game so they are always looking for ways on how to increase their numbers so you know we have seen like so many categorical changes in the past that they have done and um. And I'm, I won't be surprised if they like actually make some categorical changes moving in the next year where, you know, a lot of people were complaining about how the pop duo group performance should not be one thing. It should be like, you know, f- uh, one for collaboration, like features and stuff, and then a completely separate category for groups, which I mean, will give more of a sort of like an entry point for a lot of like k-pop artists i be, i guess um e- even though i don't know if like you know any k-pop group has that kind of impact and success um that will get them in but yeah i think grammys is also always looking at numbers so they are trying to you know i mean when it when it wasn't when it wasn't like bts it was adele it was taylor swift every year they are trying to um, you know, either kick off with Taylor Swift performance and end it with an Adele performance or something like that. So it's like, yeah, they are also do, and they're also in the same mindset as K-pop fandoms, just on a different scale, I guess. Well, thanks for joining us during the the last hour of <laughs> your day, Sad. All right. Uh, last but not least, let's hand it over to uh, Las Chesos. Yes, thank you. Sorry. Um, But um, I do think, obviously, for the performers and members, they want people to watch. But I I also don't think it's accurate to just think that's all the Grammys care for. Because um, I forget what year it was. Um, I would guess 2020, but I might be completely wrong. Um, but they had like the Black Pumas nominated for a main category award, and the Black Pumas are not a big group, um, at least in my understanding, at least compared to who they were up against. Um, and they are like an American band that comes out of like one of the people. You have a while ago, I could tell you the names, but like I know the main singer Eric, and he has like he's a very good singer, but it, it, and the other one comes out of like Chicano like funk music. And, like, they're not a big group, especially compared to who they were up against. So it's not, like, just a numbers game when it comes to, like, that stuff. Even if it is just, like, I don't know how they were decided to be nominated in those categories. And I also just, like, one thing that frustrates me is I feel like when people talk about this, um, they don't look at the history of the category they're even talking about. They're just talking about um, whether or not a K-pop group won it. And this particular one, like when BTS lost to Lady Gaga and Ariana, they were the first women to ever win that category. Because, like, the Academy doesn't like women. And, like, so for obvious reasons, Doja and SZA are the first Black women to win this category. And the Academy doesn't like Black people or Black women. (laughs) Um, And it's, like, or, like, seeing people try to say, well, like, well, if if BTS wins a Grammy, then that will mean America likes Asians in America more. When it's like America considers people who are coming in because they're like talented and achieve something in their country very differently than Asians in the country. 
And like Mexican regional has had its own category for years. This country does not like Mexicans. And like, or Rosalia was like nominated for like uh, best new artist, I think it is. Um, and with her like, all entirely Spanish album. So it's like, not like the Grammy has never considered languages, but also like Rosalia is a white Spanish woman. Her art will always be considered differently than any Latin American. And within then you have racism and everything like that. Uh, so it's like, I just feel like people talk about this and they don't know anything what they're talking about. And it just gets really uh, violently like erasure of like horrible things that happen. Thank you for that. Um, it's, it's, sounds like I think a lot of people go into this conversation. Sometimes I'll, I'll confess that I go into this without having done all my research, you know, to understand, um, you know, what, what this category, what this award is really saying, what it really means outside of just rooting for my favorite. All right. So let's hand it over to Syed. Maybe we can read uh, some tweets from the audience um, and then we can have another round of discussion and then maybe one more question. So go ahead, Syed. Yeah, um, I just wanted to clarify because I saw someone's comment. Um, I'm not saying that like no other group deserves the award or is not worthy of it. I'm just saying, you know, the sound or the style that Grammy prefers is not K-pop, you know, like BT the songs that have been nominated by BTS are very American songs. They, they are not the Korean ones. They are not the ones that, you know, they are from like their past, like Korean albums. They are very English centric, very Western sound, very like American pop radio centric awards, uh, songs that are nominated for these awards. Um, and yes, I mean, I agree with the comment about Black Pumas as well, because that they are not a mainstream artist. And I, I'm pretty sure they were like, nobody knew about who they were um, when they performed. And a lot of people were like very new to them. Uh, like a lot of people discovered them when after the Grammys. Um, so I'm just saying like, you know, you won't see a random like NCT song getting nominated at the Grammys because Grammys still very much focuses on a very traditional pop sound. You saw that with Doja Cat where um, she, I mean, not this year, but past last year, she did not fit in the rap categories because people were like, that's not hip hop. She did not fit in the pop category because people were like, that's not really pop because she's rapping. Um, this has happened with like Beyonce, Adele, Taylor Swift. Like this has happened all the time like I think um, Adele even mentioned how like Beyonce's album was just so far advanced that Grammy's just not does not is not keeping up with that style and with that um, that level of um, you know incorporating the visual into the albums and the lyrics so I mean that's what I'm saying like I'm not saying that there is no other group that can get to that level or can get nominated. It's just that no other group right now, I mean, besides like a couple is doing that style for their mainstream releases and their like main big push promotional releases in the US right now. So yeah, I just wanted to clarify that. Also my brain is like half dead. So I'm just not gonna talk for the rest of the spaces. Oh good, thank you for that Sayed. Um, I think those points are all really appreciated as well as those um, previous examples. Okay, so I'll read a couple uh, tweets here from the audience and, and uh, speakers feel free to jump in and weigh in um, to them right after that. So, oh, Nat, were you trying to say something there or were you just waving? Oh, I could wait until you read out some comments. No, no, why, why don't you go ahead, go ahead. Oh, okay. So I was just gonna like kind of jump on what Saeed was saying as well, because I put out a thread yesterday. It was quite popular for some reason. Um, and one of my issues with the discussions about the Grammys is that, yes, the Grammys has a problem with women, has a problem with race, has a problem with ethnicity. It's been a problem. And like when I spoke earlier about the rot in the Grammys, this is what I'm referring to. But also the Grammys has a problem with boy bands and girl bands and like, that type of pop, like contemporary pop as we know it. I remember being a teenager and seeing NSYNC and, you know, Britney and these people perform at the Grammys thinking like they would have a chance. Christina won for Best New Artist, but 
Christina was also like a singer, quote unquote. So I I just feel like a lot of the conversations we've had so far about like the Grammys and not like specifically to the space, but just in general have been very quick to be like, you know, anti-Asian racism. And it's like, first of all, a lot of Asian people won last night. I mean, there weren't BTS, but the first Pakistani woman won last night. Um, I apologize. I cannot remember her name. Um, um, and, you know, so Sonic won. Olivia Rodrigo is, I think, biracial. Um, her, like, I mean, yes, the Grammys does have a problem, but I think the specific problem to towards BTS here is that it is a boy band and the Grammys doesn't like boy bands. They didn't like One Direction. They didn't like NSYNC, Backstreet Boys, Jackson 5. Like the Grammys just doesn't like boy bands. And as Syed was mentioning, like the type of music that BTS has put out in terms of like their English music, I call it like Americana Deluxe because it's like, hits all the American tropes in my opinion. So that's sort of like, they're leaning really into the sound that the Grammys also doesn't like. So I I think that, you know, in terms of like other groups, you know, or other K-pop artists being eligible for the Grammys, anybody I guess can be eligible as long as they're nominated by somebody who's a part of the Academy. Uh, but, Will they get the numbers? Will they get the votes from within? Probably not, because the Grammys, they they like a specific type of sound. And, you know, I think somebody else had mentioned that they prefer, like, you know, I don't know if they said specifically foreigners, but, like, they would probably rather give an award to somebody who was, like, a, an Asian in England or an Asian in Asia versus like an Asian American. <laughs> so like, there's a lot of like nuance. I think there's a lot of layers to this conversation and just labeling BTS not getting a Grammy for two years in a row as like anti-Asian racism is like, I think that's kind of incorrect in, in a lot of ways, uh, just because there's so many other types of conversations we should be having around this and, and how, you know, people are framing it you know, as anti-Asian racism, but on the black, the back of anti-black racism, specifically by comparison, comparing BTS not getting a Grammy to like the civil rights era. And like, I don't know. I just feel like a lot of people are having conversations without information, um, as was mentioned, and also sort of like with blind sort of fandom goggles that sort of make people make really weird, weird comments on the internet. So, yeah, just wanted to say that. Yeah, it's very well taken, very well received, I think, on this audience, Nat, thank you. And audience members, by the way, Nat's tweet um, that I think she referenced is at the very beginning of the thread. So if you like at the top of all the pinned tweets, um, you can find it at the beginning. Um, Carrie, I want to hand it over to you one sec. I just want to read, oops, oh my God, what did I just do on my phone? Uh, I just want to read one tweet here just to echo Nat's comment. So Twitter user Chwang, <laughs> C-H-W-A-N-G-E-D, tweets, part of the history of duos and groups categories that boy bands, even Western ones, are not favored by the Academy. One Direction rec music records never nominated. All right, go ahead, Carrie. Um, so just to piggyback off of what um, Nyan said, so first thing first, I'm going to list the Asian winners and we all know about her Anderson Pack and Bruno Mars who are both biracial Afro-Asian um, no Bruno is Afro-Asian I thought he was but he's not but he is half Asian Anderson Pack is Afro-Asian her is um, black and Filipino I believe and we have other winners but we have East Asian winners as well and I made a list because it was bothering me that people are like oh my god the Grammys are racist towards Asians and I am like not exactly. There's two points to that, but they're not exactly uh, racist towards Asians um, Asian because Asians won last night and Asians have been winning in the various categories for years. So for last night, you had Yo-Yo Ma, the legend, the one and only Yo-Yo Ma and um, Emmanuel Axe 
won for Best Chamber Music and Small Ensemble Performance. Um, Zheng Hang Li and Yu Wei, they won for Best Recording Package. And as um, Naya mentioned, Arud Aftab, who's a Pakistani uh, performer, she won for Best Global Performance. The thing that what people are missing is when people are talking about um, the Grammys are racist towards Asians, they're only talking about BTS. They're not talking about anti-Asian racism and anti-Asian and exclusion. They're only considering specific Asians. And that's seven. <laughs> they only care about the seven Asian members of BTS. They don't care about whether groups like Monster X, EXO, Shiny, Blackpink, or whoever would have been excluded or ignored. They don't care that Yo-Yo Ma won awards. You know, they don't care that Aru Aftab won. You know, they don't care about the women who won for Best Chamber Performance. They only care about the seven. And they're going to say, oh, they're going to ignore those people and the Afro-Asians who won, who have been making records as Afro-Asians winning at the Grammys because they don't fit the narrative that BTS is being unfairly um, looked at in the Western media, which we know is a lie when BTS is the only group that gets as much press coverage out of any K-pop group in the world. You know, so they're not being mistreated by Western media. They're not being treated. They're not facing racism. They are facing racism, but not in the way that the fandom is pointing out. And I think it is xenophobic and anti-Asian for the very same fandom to be ignoring the Asian the Asian people that are being one. And I think it's extremely disingenuous how they ignore other Asian performers who are completely ignored by Western media, like Rina um, Sawayama, Eric Nam. Who, had, who makes amazing music and amazing OSTs for Korean music, and he collabs with multiple Korean performers. You know, you have Jackson Wang, who was a member of GOT7, who was one of the, one of the biggest K-pop groups ever. You know, there are multiple Asian Americans who perform in K-pop groups. You have my guy from Peniel in B2B. He's Asian American. There's dozens of Asian Americans who had who had to leave America to go and perform a career because they couldn't make a career in America. Um, my chick that saying like not like not you know who I mean. But this why am I drawing a blank on her? Um, the OSC for Goblin, for goodness sakes, one of the most popular OSCs ever produced. She's Tasha? Asian American. Hmm? Tasha? No, she's saying oh. I will come to you like the in the first no. Oh, Aileen is Asian American. You know, they don't talk about the um, Project 88. I'm calling it wrong, but 88 is involved in it. But they're Asian Americans who I watched a concert like just last summer of Asian American performers who had their own concert series. And, and it was like great. They had great performances. If you want to talk about Asian exclusion, talk about Asian American exclusion at the Grammys. That's what they should be talking about. That's what they should be talking about racism. Don't go bring in Korean. Um, performers into it. I mean, the Korean performances, as Matt not mentioned in her uh, tweets, they got like a plethora of awards um, to go back home to. They got a plethora of awards and they can win awards in Japan. They can win awards in South Korea. They can even win awards in South Asia, in Southeast Asia. You know, like they don't need the Grammys because they have other awards that they can win when they, that they, you know, that they have to. The American artists, American artists don't have anywhere else to go because they're not entering other markets the same way. You know, so that's, I think that's where, like, the conversation needs to go. When, like, if you're going to talk about is the Grammys, the, you don't talk about if the Grammys need K-pop. You should talk about if the Grammys need to acknowledge Asian American performers. That's what, that's what the discussion should be. You know, why does the Grammys keep excluding um, Asian American performers. Why does the American music industry in general keep asking like, Asian American singers and producers and musicians aren't out there making great um, great music not only for American uh, performers, but for the same South Korean performers? How much of those songs that we always bopping to for K-pop are written by Asian Americans? You know, Jason Wang he wrote music for uh, for for Got Seven, and he's writing his own music now. As I mentioned, Eric Nam, but there's like so many others. Writing music, like that's, I think that's where the conversation is going to be about. Don't talk about race, anti-Asian racism, and you're ignoring like an entire demographic on on your own home soil. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good framing. I think of where we need to think about this next, and really, I think once you can get that ironed out, it, it just levels the playing field for a more pragmatic, helpful discussion. I think following. Okay, so let's go, Sarah, and then Las Tres Obesas. Um, and then I want to ask one final question and maybe we can wrap it there. So uh, go ahead, Sarah. 
Yeah, just quickly. I mean, I, I 100% agree with the last couple of speakers on this. And I think this is where the media needs to kind of be held accountable here. Um, a lot of publications, a lot of big publications, right? Teen Vogue, Elle magazine, Billboard, um, you know, Cosmopolitan, the list goes on and on. These, a lot of publications are, I think, going for low hanging fruit when they write these kind of grant, the Grammys are races against BTS articles. Um, and there's often very little effort in these articles to write nuanced and complex takes because the goal is to just pander to particular fan bases. Because we know how fan bases feel about their biases and wanting to achieve and, you know, the competition aspect of K-pop. So, you know, they write these easy articles to pander to K-pop fans for clicks. And, you know, that's often what the editors want. And as, you know, a writer who's written K-pop articles, I can say, like, I... I feel for the writers in this situation because um, sometimes as a writer, you want to write more complexity into your article. You want to, you know, add that nuance. And it's like the publication is just looking for that low hanging fruit. <laughs> so you can't, so it's like, there's that barrier there. Um, but those unfortunately are the articles that, that get spread, that get, you know, the clicks and that have the pull, you know, to, sort of teach people what the problem is, to, to tell people what the problem is and to frame the um, the discussion. And those are the articles. Unfortunately, what happens is that it they legitimize a certain kind of ignorance, a certain kind of myopic understanding of what is a complex issue, right? Like, it, and again, it's it's for clicks. It's the way that the media is kind of put together now. Yeah, go ahead. Uh, a lot of stress for the Okay. Now, the is said like a Okay. Um, but, um, um, yeah. When I was talking about people like liking forms coming in, it's like different than would be accepted to go to K-pop and succeed in Korea to get a foothold in like American entertainment. Um, but I also wanted to bring up a comment um, Ren said about like, um, because like it's one thing for the audience not to really care, but um, I did like her tweet, but the how like the Grammys uh, still puts like winners in like a higher pay bracket and like charging more. So it's like it's still like the, the Grammys does matter at least like um, professionally. So like what degree I don't really know because I don't work in this industry. But there is like a real reason why I think Koreans would want to. But also it's like a Korean has won a Grammy before, so it's like winning them doesn't mean they're going to keep letting you in the market. So I don't know. It's like what would them getting a Grammy change? Yeah. Not a thing. <laughs> okay. Well, um, I so I, I kind of want to end it here on a question, and I'll let you guys interpret this however you will. Um, but what would you like to see happen from here? Um, I, I think we we've got uh, a few ideas um, based off of all your comments, but just open question: like, what where do you think things should move from here? Be it with like K-pop fandom, K-pop industry. Or even, you know, just how we think of uh, think about the Grammys. What would you guys like to see happen? That people call out the bullying and the excessive toxicity within the fandoms. I we I have been observing K-pop for years. I've been observing K-pop when fans used to send like bloody letters to singers, and I gotta say, with all of that. I think it's worse now, no thanks to social media, than ever before because the bullying is being condoned and it's being encouraged. And as Sarah talked about the journalism, I and myself as a journalist, I I take great umbrage and affront at how the coverage of K-pop 
and it's beginning to happen with K dramas too and Korean um, entertainment is being done to pander to fans for clicks. It's not honest critique. It's not intellectual critique. It is not thought provoking critique. It's I think is extremely harmful not only to the fandoms and to the groups, but to journalism in general, where you have articles being written for the sole and express reason of pandering to the fandoms because our, our journalists are writing articles that they know the fans will like and approve. And it, and it is all about generating clicks for their sites. It is not about, it's not about doing um, honest critique of, of the music because if it was, we know that the songs that get prompt promoted wouldn't I'm gonna just say butter is not that good of a song and there's a reason BTS did not submit that song for best song and there's a reason why they didn't they don't submit their songs for particular categories there's a reason they only submit their songs for categories like best pop performance you know best group performance and that is because they themselves know their music is not up to snuff. It is not up to scratch. It does not compare to music like by Jasmine Sullivan, Doja Cat, um, Bruno Mars, um, Jean Baptiste. You know, there's a reason for that. And if we and if journal and if journalists and their I you gotta blame the editors and the publications themselves would stop giving into the fandom, they would be better off for it instead of having journalists like myself just looking at other journalists writing these and say you have sold out and that's not what journalism is about journalism is about telling the truth whether the brother readers like it or not you know it's not about doing it for the for for people to agree with you and that's i'm with sarah on that and i'm like what <laughs> is it just like it just irks me like the same article that matt posted earlier when you read it, and I'm like, you're hinging, you're caught, you're saying that BTS is facing racism in the Grammys because black artists have been excluded. And I'm like, you're drawing false equivalences for the sole purpose that you know the fandom is gonna approve of it. And I there's very few critiques that are that and I know journalists who have written thought-provoking critiques of performances and stuff, and they get hate piled onto them for days and weeks on end and the fandom doesn't care the group doesn't care their supporters don't care the media doesn't care to call them out on it you know i used to send pitches like around 2018 2019 to editors and i had editors tell me oh no one is interested in k-pop you know no one is interested in korean dramas then when the coverage started happening, who are the people doing all the coverage? A bunch of white people who have no knowledge of Korean, of the Korean music industry, who have no knowledge of Korean um, culture, who have no knowledge of Korean fandom spaces and where and how it has evolved and changed for the better or for the worse. And when you have editors telling me and others like me that, oh, they, they want friendly critique, you know, it's all a sham and it's all a joke. And that's if we're going to talk about where should fandom go no worry about the Grammys. You got to talk about the fandoms because they're like the things that are happening, like the doxing of journalists. Like you had the AV posted a report today, a listicle of the top 17 performances. And they admitted in the article itself that the only reason they put the BTS performance at number one is because they know the fandom is going to harass them. And they couldn't even give a byline for the journalists because they know if they hadn't listed the journalist's name in the byline, they would have been getting harassment. And it is extremely shocking that that's considered acceptable. You know, that I'm proud of them for actually even saying that, but it's shocking that they, that they can't even acknowledge the writers of the piece because they know the fandom is going to pour so much hate on them, will threaten their families' lives, will threaten their lives, will threaten their livelihoods because they don't like article, just because a group isn't at number one, whether they are deserving it or not. That's what people should be talking about. That's where the discussions about K-pop and the fandom should be going. Yeah, I, I don't have much to add to that, but one thing I would share is, I don't know if uh, other journalists, writers in the room have gotten this, but you know we've gotten some pitches from industry representatives who, who don't say explicitly, but they give like the nudge, nudge, wink, wink, like, hey, if you do this, we'll give, we'll share it with the fandom. <laughs> like, you know, knowing that like, oh, you do this story? We'll, we'll get you the, the fandom views and clicks. And it's like, okay. <laughs> and I, I'm sure that, you know, you can have that, you know, maybe there's nothing wrong with that transactional relationship so long as it's transparent. But 
Um, at that point, maybe it's not journalism, right? Maybe maybe it's like pay for play or, or something else more than mag. Okay. Any other thoughts from the, the speakers? I think we had another speaker request. Like maybe we can do final requests from the audience if any audience members wanted to come up and, and say anything. But anything else from uh, the speakers? Uh, yeah. So I was thinking about what you, like your question about like where we go from here. And in terms of the Grammys, I think the Grammys need to, I, I think they need to open up from their very like old fashioned ideals of what is popular and what um, what I guess has value to them because music is subjective. There are a lot of songs that are nominated that win that I don't like. There are some that I think should win. And like at the end of the day, like it is a subjective decision. Uh, but I think if you have more voices in the room and you have more opinions on like at, you know, who have seats at the table that can help. Will that happen? Probably not. I mean, we've already seen with a lot of the foolishness from the Oscars that like any sort of any sort of evolution <laughs> will just lead to sort of like 100 yards back, you know? Um, so I don't know with the Grammys if there is a set sort of like path that they need to take or that they will take to be better. I definitely see K-pop becoming more um, ingrained at the Grammys because, you know, sales, album sales and stuff like that are still down here, but they are on the rise in Korea. And, you know, music companies, you know, who are, you know, they have huge seats at these tables. They want to replicate that. That's why BTS, you know, was being pushed as, you know, like, the face of the Grammys for a bit, like at the last, not yes, not yesterday's show, but the last year's show, they were heavily marketed. Why? Because they want a piece of that. <laughs> they want some of that money. They want some of that, the clicks and the social media and the drive and things like that, that, you know, K-pop has that BTS has. So I definitely see, you know, K-pop and maybe Korean K, K R and B, K hip hop and stuff like that becoming um, having having more room in the Grammy space uh, in the future. You know, like I don't think BTS is going to be the only K pop group that's going to be nominated for a Grammy, especially not with these like American K pop group thingies that everybody wants to do. Uh, so that could, you know, lead to you know a, a different group maybe after BTS. Well, well, while BTS is enlisting, that could lead to like another group getting a nomination. I mean, NCT has worked with people who have Grammys, who work for Harvey Mason Jr. I think is like the president of the Grammys of or something like that. So like of the Recording Academy. So like, you know, they have connections there. They have roots there. So I do. I definitely think that this is not going to be the end. Not for BTS and not for K-pop for the future. And I don't think that's a bad thing. Music is subjective. When I was a teenager, I thought NSYNC should have won every Grammy, okay? Um, do I think Butter should have won a Grammy? I think Butter was technically, you know, a monster hit. <laughs> it was literally like number one for what, like 10, 11 weeks? So if you look at the numbers and the data, hey, it really was up there with the other songs that it was being nominated with. And so I, just because I don't like it doesn't mean that I don't think like if it had won the Grammy, I didn't, I don't personally think that like that was so far off, you know, from, from reality in some ways, because it, if you look at the numbers, if you look at the push and you look at the fact that the Grammys rolled out the red carpet for them, had them front row, you know, had them included in skids, had Jungkook dangling from the, the ceiling. I mean, yeah. I could have seen BTS winning a Grammy and I could still see BTS winning a Grammy in the future. Who knows? Uh, for K-pop, honestly, fandoms are crazy. <laughs> People are crazy. Uh, but I do think with this Western push, you know, it's more accessible and the accessibility is my favorite part. You know, 10, 15 years ago, seeing somebody in concert in Toronto would have been, you know, sort of not as possible as it is today. So I don't mind this whole expansion of K-pop. I, I just wish the fandoms 
would keep each other in check a lot better. And I wish that reporters would be honest about um, the pieces that they write. And instead of presenting something as a piece of full of integrity and, you know, objectiveness, you know, a lot of it is just pandering for whatever market or whatever fandom they are wanting to um, get. So I do, I do kind of hope that we definitely see a lot more fun, honest opinions from people who have those positions. If I had some of these positions, <laughs> I would be writing so much fucking pop and I would be having a great ass time doing it, you know? And I can admit when something's great and I can admit when something's bad and I can admit that if I love something that's not that great. So like, I feel like there are so many people, you know, who have blogs, who have smaller sites, who don't really have the presence, quote unquote, but who make K-pop fun and who are objective enough in their opinions to um, attract like-minded people and have fun conversations and, you know, introduce people to new things and new sounds and whatnot. And I think that's, the best part of K-pop and that is the best part of anything that you could be a part of. And I hope that becomes a bigger part of K-pop going forward. Yeah. Let's let, plug all the speakers uh, on stage right now. Their, their publications are the columns are podcasts. So make sure you, you follow them. Um, Nat, you gave me an excuse to play a clip. I was looking for an excuse to play on the point of this being an opinions based award thing. So I'm going to play a clip from Drake's 2019 uh, acceptance speech but before i do that or right right be, uh, where am i saying what am i saying i'll play that clip and then mj will hand it over to you to bring us home with a final comment so let, let me just play this clip really quick i think it, just that this is not necessarily a quantitative merits-based uh award system you've already won if you have people who are singing your songs word for word if you're a hero in your hometown if look Look, if there's people who have regular jobs who are coming out in the rain, in the snow, spending their hard-earned money to buy tickets to come to your shows, you don't need this right here. I promise you, you already won. Oh, <laughs> and he was hilariously cut off before he could finish his speech. But um, I think, I don't remember if it was an early part of the clip, but he was commenting on, hey, so much of this is like opinion-based, like, that's not really what matters. Okay, MJ, bring us home. Uh, hey, uh, thank you so much. I feel a bit of a lot of pressure actually being the last person, but I think I wanted to touch on like the paras, uh, like the parasocial relationship between fandoms and like in K-pop in general. Um, I used to be a very long-term like BTS stan, and I just I think I, I'm a mutual with Carol, and I think it's really important to like acknowledge the fact that oh oh there's people following me um i just wanted to talk about how it is important to be able to like critique you know certain k-pop groups or members or saying like hey i don't i think that's a bad song or i don't think that's good without getting doxxed i've actually known a couple people that have gotten doxxed for saying that they didn't like a song or things like that so i definitely um i definitely agree on the fact that um, there needs to be some kind of like checking like there is I feel like there's no boundaries um, there was this post I think after the Grammy Awards where this person was like wishing death upon Olivia Rodrigo and was like burning his people it was really really weird um, but I think there <laughs> there needs to be some kind of like control like I feel like a lot of fans go um they're really, they're really passionate, but sometimes they take it too far. And it's, it's just kind of, it's kind of terrifying. Like there should be no reason why journalists should be afraid or journalists should have to lie or, you know, manipulate the truth to try to get their, their things published. Or, you know, if they say like, oh, I don't like this one song, they should be terrified for their lives or have to put like, I put this person on number one because I know that these fans are going to attack me. That's... <laughs> That's not genuine. That's not, that's, I don't think that's how that should work. Um, <laughs> and like someone said before, like music is, you know, subjective. There's some song, some K-pop songs that I love and some people hate them. Like I love Ring Ding Dong from Shiny. <laughs> 
like there's all kinds of things like that but um I guess that's all that's all I really want to say on that is I think there needs to be like there's some fans that are normal there are some BTS fans that are I I don't want to say normal there's some BTS fans that you know touch grass and then there are some BTS fans that are chronically online and so it's just (laughs) you guys are laughing but yeah that's just my piece on it I think k-pop is now that it's more into the um music industry at least in the west I think that it's great and someone said it's like it's more exposure it's way better than like what I had to do before when I was younger I had to like really search and look for like k-dramas and like k-pop and things like that now it's easily accessible it's um providing careers for these people and opportunities and I think that's great I just I also agree that um having self-control and (laughs) knowing boundaries is important Ring Ding Dong is an amazing song. Okay. Yeah, I think we can all get behind that. Well, Thank God. <laughs> just, yeah, you can see people tweeting along to that as well, MJ, so you're not alone. Um, I didn't mean to put you under pressure, but I think you delivered. So <laughs> with that, we'll, we'll call it a, a night, call it a day. Uh, thanks, everyone. Be sure to follow the speakers if you haven't already. Um, also, by all means, continue this conversation elsewhere. Uh, you can continue tweeting with each other. Look at all the other people who are also tweeting using the hashtag K-pop chat. You can tweet with them, engage with them. Um, yeah, I want to give a plug. Uh, Nat was giving nod to like, hey, you know, there, there's some speakers on platforms that maybe don't get the recognition or, or spaces or what's the word I'm looking for? The presence or the following. So, hey, make sure you're following and subscribe to uh, Not Your Average Netizens. Hey, you know wherever you get your podcast, right? So make sure you do that. And um, I'm not sure if we're going to do this, another chat next week, TBD. I think I'm traveling. But if you have ideas or suggestions for topics, uh, feel free to reach out and let us know. All right. Thanks, everyone. Bye. Bye.